Did you miss me? Probably not. Okay, not really. Okay. I don't really care. Because I'm so excited that Sorry Cheshire Cat is finally back. Get ready for season two. Bigger, better, more catty than ever. Season two means two guests in this first episode. Scott and Shannon came on to talk to me about the musical genre of pop punk. And for my guests, and I think for a lot of people, the music of their adolescence, in this instance pop punk, uh, is essential to the part of their growing up. Their formulation and taste in art and in culture. But also with pop punk, as my guests talk about, like a lot of teen heavy music genres, uh, was also largely based on the scene it created. And I think pop punk uniquely never attempted to hide that fact. Also interesting about pop punk is uh, the social media role in it, how a lot of its social performances were done online. I think it probably is one of the first cultural groups that that happened with. But more than that, with Scott and Shannon, they were so open in showing how pop punk influenced them now, how it came to reflect on their tastes and views of music and art as well as their own reflections of gender and sexuality within the music scene. What is a hugely social and public display becomes, I think, largely personal. And I'm so glad that they came on to talk about it in their hilarious and wonderfully insightful and fun way. Three cheers for pop punk and three cheers for Sorry Cheshire Cat. Welcome us back with a listen. Hello and welcome to the second season of Sorry Cheshire Cat. I'm Mary, your host, and today I'm joined by two very special guests, Shannon and Scott. Scott is a Seattle writer, pizza maker, and a music enthusiast, I'll say. Shannon has worked in radio and in music. Um, and is a local Seattle music fan. And together, they have come up with a lot of conceptual music. And by conceptual, I mean not experimental or cerebral, but music that they have thought about and bands that they have imagined making. So true this art, is true. I think. This is, is true, true yeah. art is not yet fully conceived of. <laughs> yes. It's all about the not idea, the actual, really. It is all about the, the idea. The potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. And they're going to talk to me today about a subject very close to my heart, pop punk. Welcome, you guys. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Cheers. Are you going to talk about what we're drinking? Oh, thank you. (laughs) 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 Um, This beer uh, is a Rolling Rock. I bought because it's cheap as shit, which is, I think for all three of us, pop punk came into our life in early teenagehood through high school, and so cheap beer was the fuel for um, bad pop punk concerts, you know? And bad beer just brings back all those memories. All those memories. And our second second option was vodka Vodka cranberry. cranberry. Yeah, which I was... Yeah. Too lazy to buy, which is the most <laughs> hot okay. punk thing I could have done. <laughs> so it's like, what can my older brother get me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, here, whatever he has. <laughs> yeah, just fucking secondhand booze. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining me. I'm really excited about this. Thanks for having us. Um, I didn't do really any research on this besides, I think, a little bit reviewing of things I had already known. Actually, like as 
I came up to the house today and I met you guys. I was listening to Sum 41, Fat Lip. Good, good. Yeah. Nice. Um, you do have a lifetime of research. I, do, right? I know. I was like, the 10 minutes that I allot myself doesn't count. It was really more like a decade. Yeah, <laughs> a decade of my life. 10 years. Yeah. But uh, why did you all, when I asked you to be part of this, why did you choose Pop Punk to talk about? Well, I think you approached both Scott and I at different mm-hmm. points about being mm-hmm. on your show. Yeah. And both of us had a really hard time figuring out what we would talk about. But, like, our our shared interest is pop punk. And that's actually how Scott and I became friends, like, four years ago. Um, yeah. And so we were just like, well, of course we should talk about that. It's right. still something very... We work together. Mm-hmm. And we kind of, like dominate the music at work and we just always put on pop punk we have a revived pop yeah punk. we have we're we're really going through a pop punk revival mm-hmm. right now yes yeah i also um, think in terms of the drunken element mm. that for me when i am drinking and pop punk music comes on or comes up in conversation i find myself getting a little too excited yeah especially when yeah. i meet someone who makes a pop punk reference <laughs> that i was not expecting to make a pop punk reference i get very excited I think whenever pop punk punk comes up, like, in conversation ever, I get really excited. Yeah, true. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, and, like, I'll talk about it endlessly, even if I'm not drunk. (laughs) I'll just be like, pop punk, what? (laughs) Yeah, I have an opportunity to talk about this. Yeah. Uh Love that you guys both didn't know what you wanted, and through friendship, (laughs) deciding, what's our shared interest? (laughs) Pop punk, I think you guys already brought it up, has, like, a lot of nostalgia, with a few exceptions. The topics people have chosen are like long seated things that like start in childhood or teenage years. For me, that is the case with pop punk. I imagine also the case with you. Like various, like especially like I have these huge memories around pop punk, and most of my like interest in that genre is through my teenage years. Is that true for you all? Fully, yeah. 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 Teenage years, middle school years. Mm-hmm. And also, Shannon and I, we were talking earlier today about when we first started listening to pop punk. Yeah. And I do think that sort of the origin of me kind of becoming my own music listener was with pop punk. And so it feel, it's tied to like first first CDs purchased, mm-hmm. first concerts that I went to. Um, and I think same for Shannon. And also like yeah. we were both introduced via siblings. And so oh, yeah, same, I yeah. do think that there's that element. I mean, there's just so much to it of being excited about it because your sister has suggested it and then because you know oh I can go buy my own CD or I can go to this concert because you're finally becoming more independent of a person at that time mm-hmm. um, yeah. but yeah so similar time frame for me of junior high and early high school yeah it might sound kind of cliche but I feel like it's like a coming of age moment when you finally establish like the type of music that you listen to mm-hmm. yeah because it really does it doesn't define you but it really does help describe like who you are and like your personality, the type of music you like. Today, Scott and I were talking about why we were drawn to mm-hmm. it, and like we both were just like, oh, we're just like sad, angsty <laughs> kids, <laughs> and uh, pop punk really spoke to that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and then but like with discovering like, oh, this music really resonates with me. It's like also you are learning about yourself. Mm-hmm. What Scott said, like who you are as a your own individual person. Yeah. Is there any other yeah. like? musical genre that you feel like also does that for you or is it particularly pop punk i think for me there is certain kind of indie alternative music that does it but um 
And I actually, I think I did get to pop punk by means of Indie Avenues. Okay. So I, it was like, I started with Death Cab and made my way from there. Mm -hmm. And so I think there was a lot of simultaneous listening of pop punk and then more kind of traditional indie stuff. Um, (coughs) But yeah, so I don't know. I would say that that, and that still is the case. I'm a little less emotionally invested with pop punk now, but do listen to a lot of kind of more indie stuff, I suppose. Yeah, I was pretty similar. Um, indie and alternative is definitely what I listen to the most. Um, but sort of like the opposite of Scott, pop punk is what brought me into indie okay. and, and alternative music. Um, but yeah, I definitely resonate more with that now than I do with pop punk. And it's more like a nostalgic, like comforting thing. Like yeah. I found during college during finals week I would often listen to pop punk because it made me feel calm and it made me feel like <laughs> like more in touch with myself I'm like okay I can do this um <laughs> yeah so now it's more of a it's not like a like current mood thing where I'm just like yeah pop punk is is me now but like it definitely brought me into like the music that I listen to now that I I feel like I have like grown into more so pop punk for both of you is not mostly, but a large chunk of it nostalgic. Do you think? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Okay. I think the same is for me, too. But I was wondering for you guys, like, revisiting that, because it is kind of mm-hmm. like revisiting a lot of old memories and emotions for me, especially as a teenager. Do you, are you comfortable with the revisit? Like, is it like a purely, like, happy nostalgia? Or is there like, what? how do you feel about it? When you listen to pop punk, what do you feel? (laughs) (laughs) Like, mostly happy. Um, Sometimes, it's it's really funny now to listen to it and just be like, oh my god, I can't believe, like, I was so into this shit. Like, Mm -hmm. especially because it's so dramatically emotional. (laughs) And so, (laughs) it's just so sad, but in a way where I'm just like, why are you so sad about this? It's like, yeah, it really is like the epitome of like, you know, like, white boy problems, like, sad boy problems, but Mm -hmm. it's also super relatable even now, in a way. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I I have a firm memory of me probably in eighth grade and my sister saying that all of my music sounded the exact same, (laughs) and I was so offended by it, and now that's whenever I listen to pop punk, it's... I mean, this, especially the singing style, but yeah. and if I were more trained in music, I think you could probably say the same about the whole arrangement of everything is very yeah. similar, but they, it is such a distinct way to sing and to just, yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is yeah. so like of a style. Um, so I think that, and then also, and this is something else we were talking a lot about, um, but I, I find myself surprised when I listen to it by certain subject matter that mm-hmm. completely was flying over my head. Oh, um, like what? Like, we, and again, <laughs> brand new, bless their hearts, but yeah. um, oh my God. a lot of just, again, very unwarranted emotion, or not unwarranted, but such extreme emotion, and oftentimes in the case of breakups, Yeah, and that the anger about the breakup manifests in some really violent stuff. That, and I think that's the thing that has surprised me is both, and we talked, we've, I mean, the whole conversation of misogyny and pop punk mm-hmm. is underlying all of this, but 
I think I've recently been surprised by that element of like actual violence suggested by songs. Yeah. And surprised by the fact that I was listening to that and wasn't really thinking about it and was mostly just like, da, 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 I'm going to sing along to this because it's got good energy. Right. But yeah. definitely was, I at least as far as I know, was not super aware of those lyrics and kind of their broader implications at the time. No, I just, I, I completely agree. A lot of, especially like as a woman listening to it, mm -hmm. I didn't think about like my role in it as much or like, oh, these songs are about me, you know? Yeah. And like the way that they are depicting me is really, really messed up. So the Jessica Hopper, um, Where the Girls Aren't essay, which is about like emo and pop punk and how <laughs> most of them are all male bands and the way they depict women in their songs because a lot of those songs are about romance and mainly about breakups or failing relationships. And the way they depict women in the songs is faceless, nameless, and also a lot of times like pretty violent or like very dramatic things happening to those women mm -hmm. um and those women are painted in this like terrible light mm -hmm. of having caused the most pain anyone has ever caused a human um, caused a 19 year old human yeah. <laughs> um and i remember when i read that article i was so surprised because i mean it was only a couple years ago if that maybe a year ago um when i read it and i was like Oh, oh, like, <laughs> and I looked back and I was like thinking about like Jude Law in a semester abroad for some yeah, reason, but I yes. really knew that one song, which I think I listened to again. I was like, this is about a girl, girlfriend, maybe leaving for a semester abroad at school, like to England. And it is, I hope your plane crashes. What? <laughs> like, what reaction is that? <laughs> No! And yeah. uh, it made me, I had never, I guess, I think some of the energy, for, certainly for me, I was like pumped on. And a little bit probably of the anger I felt as a teenager, I think. Like I was mad a lot. Right. But listening to it again, I was just kind of amazed that I didn't think about myself in those roles at all. Did you? I don't know, either of you, but... No, yeah, like, listening back now, and definitely reading that article, um, just, like, looking at how two-dimensional the, like, female um, images are in them, and it's like, you're either the villain, or you're, like, the girl that they're going mm -hmm. to save. Yeah. And, like, Scott and yeah. I were even listening, because <laughs> Scott and I work together, and today we were listening to something corporate, and they have this <laughs> song called I Want to Save You, and the whole song is just talking about, like, this girl who doesn't know she's beautiful, which is such a common, like, theme in music. The girl who doesn't know she's beautiful. Yeah. Um, that will be the one to tell her. her yeah, I'll tell her. her. Yeah. yeah, I'll yeah. make her know she's yeah. worthy. <laughs> like, because I'll, I'll let her feel like she's worthy. Um, <sighs> yeah, and we were listening to this song, and we were both just like, yeah, this is, like, really, this is really difficult for me to hear now, where I'm just like, I don't need you to save me. Like, yeah. I don't... <laughs> Like, I don't need you to tell me I'm beautiful. But yeah, it's, it's definitely, like, either the girl who is, like, in need, like, the, the damsel in distress type mm -hmm. of trope, or it's, like, the villain um, who, like, yeah, goes away to college, you know? <laughs> and then you're just like, yeah. well, I hope your plane crashes because I bet you're talking to other boys on MySpace. <laughs> yeah, it's like... It's just so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, 
It is, yeah. I can't, now looking back, I'm just like, I can't imagine feeling any connection to these emotions. Like, they seem not, and I don't, I think, to specify, I think it's always really crappy when people are like, oh, teenagers are so dramatic. Mm-hmm. But these, that is not the case in this. This is like, yeah. as a teenager, I'm surprised that I found some yeah. relation to some of those songs, because they're so violent. Mm-hmm. Um, like, really Truly, like, shocking, yeah. terrific, Very, honestly, like horrible shocking, yeah. things. Like, I wish you die. I hope your car crashes. I hope you're you drunk drive into yeah. your death. Like, yeah, <laughs> like looking at you again, Brandon. Yeah, <laughs> always. Well, Brand new is my main touchstone because they're my yeah. favorite. Yeah. Oh, same. Well, Brand new is what made Scott and I friends. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and I do. I don't know. I wonder about whether or not those like in looking at an artist's overall work that you can listen to an album and that a lot of times with pop punk it's like they can have a really angry song yeah. and then they can have a more sort of emotionally soft song mm-hmm. and whether or not for i don't know for me at least of seeing kind of a broader range of emotions that you give them more credit than is due being like okay mm-hmm. well they're mm-hmm. also sensitive which is again that whole idea of like the sensitive misogynist and how it's like mm-hmm. such a there's a thin thin veil of being like oh well they like they care about emotions yeah. right. and therefore for some reason their sexism is seems to be more yeah. depleted and or is easier to miss um because there's yeah. this element of them being comfortable with you know and especially if you look at different pop punk singers that there's a sense that they're more comfortable with like I don't know, being yeah. deemed more maybe effeminate, emotional. more emotional, yeah. etc. And so I think it's easier to be like, oh, well, like, they probably care about women. Well, it's like even the mm-hmm. look of, like, a lot of these front men, it really challenges a lot of these ideas about masculinity. <laughs> totally. like, yeah. like, oh, like, like, I have vivid memories of shopping with my high school boyfriend and buying the same jeans. Mm. And, like, yeah, it's like, oh, you can, like, wear really, like, skinny jeans. You can grow your hair out. You can, like straighten your hair and wear eyeliner like wearing makeup and then like you're talking about your feelings and it doesn't matter what your feelings are or how like problematic they are or violent they are but it's like you're talking about them you're not like suppressing them Mm -hmm. and therefore it's supposed to be progressive yeah Yeah. it seems counter masculine yeah which is yeah that's so interesting exactly Um, but it still has yeah this underlying like yeah the exact same stuff the vein of of, like yeah Yeah. exactly I didn't think about the um, the role of, like, masculinity at all. Yeah. And then I also sometimes wonder if... Because I know at least growing up with all of my, like, emo boy friends mm-hmm. and, like, people thinking, like, oh, you wear, like, skinny jeans that are, like, girl jeans. You're gay or yeah. something. Um, and then, I don't know, thinking back about that now, I wonder if this whole idea of, like, oh, we're going to, like, look like this because it's our, like, aesthetic, mm-hmm. but because it does have... Yeah, this, like, feminine energy, supposedly. Um, maybe there's, like, this, I don't know, urge to be hyper-masculine with their lyrics and, like, be mm. super aggressive towards women. I don't know, in this way that, like, affirms their their manliness. One of the interesting, I was thinking about this earlier of, again, posing the question to myself, why do you like pop punk? <laughs> yeah. But um, I would say historically no one has ever referred to me as hypermasculine. Um, <laughs> historically. historically who knows Back about in the 80s. I don't know, yeah. Um, 
but I definitely, and in high school and junior high, I think it was definitely, it was like way more of my friends were girls. Mm. I was definitely subscribing to the emo garb. Um, and I do think that there's a certain comfort that can be had, or that at least I had as a male who is more kind of emotionally inclined to music that was very much like about that and it's about kind of the expression of emotion and about sort of being like oh who cares if this is usually deemed more effeminate or whatnot but it's interesting that you can have that comfort and that there still is as we have now been talking about but there's such hyper masculinity and toxic masculinity within that kind of emo <laughs> pop punk culture and I don't know it's just funny I think again and whether or not that played a role in me being able to just like oh it doesn't really matter what they're talking about because what matters is that I'm seeing them as more kind of emotional mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like an emotional masculinity mm -hmm. that isn't therefore and again early high school you still are concerned about these things mm -hmm. but yeah. that it's an emotional masculinity that isn't a compromised masculinity or that mm -hmm. it's not being referred to as something other than it's still masculine yeah or at least that's what they're purporting is that yeah. it's like this is a new masculinity or an alternate masculinity mm -hmm. but that again totally. sadly it is still running in same very similar yeah. threads of yeah. negative masculinity and it was totally like yeah. a binary too like you mm -hmm. have your jocks and you have yeah your like pop punk emo kids and yeah. it was always like too like even in yeah. like yeah the music videos and like i'm thinking of something corporate again like had yeah. a bunch of those of like high school themed mm -hmm. or like my chemical romance did too mm -hmm. where it was like we're the alternative kids and yeah. then just football players were the other it, it just it's so reminiscent too of like like an earlier music renovation with like rock coming out and yeah. like then it was like oh you're either the clean cut kids or you're the kids with the long hair like the hippies yeah. the, like yeah. the alternative kids and it's just sort of like yeah a renaissance of that and being like oh now we all have yeah the long straightened hair again and like <laughs> yeah we're all like <laughs> it's it's the same thing yeah yeah and it is funny i in my high school group of friends i was friends with a lot of people who were not, almost none of them are listening to the same music as me mm -hmm. or dressed the same way as me. So mm. they were sort of the clean cut other AP kids. And I was the tokenized, like, oh, like, yeah. look at Scott with his tight jeans and his band t-shirts. But it was, it was such a thing that even a band t-shirt yeah. was sort of weird in that group. Mm -hmm. um, one of my friends who I do adore used to like to doodle me in chemistry class. And she would always, on the shirt, she would write, some band no one has ever heard of, just as the kind of moniker. Um, but it is, it's funny to think of that in terms of that I was still kind of working with this, whatever, the other side. Yeah. But that I was sort of tokenized as like, oh, like, here comes Scott with his long hair. And, <laughs> um, and I don't know, Shannon, I think, had more proper emo friends. Yeah, yeah I... Well, I mean, I think also, like we were talking about earlier, I started out with pop punk and then mm -hmm. transitioned into listening to a lot of indie and alternative rock. Um, yeah, so, like, coming into high school, I had only listened to, like, you know, pop punk and emo and, you know, a little, like, hardcore. Um, <laughs> hardcore came later, really. Just a little hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I can't do that much. <laughs> In doses. <laughs> 
Um, Speaking of buttons. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but all of my friends coming from like middle school going into high school were like very much like me. Like we all dressed the same. We all shopped at Hot Topic and Pac Sun. <laughs> and we all, you know, we listened to all the same music. Um, and then I went to high school and we all sort of like drifted apart. And I also, yeah, started taking a lot of like AP classes and a lot of my friends were just really, really into indie. Um, and I became friends with a lot of people in high school through pop punk, but it really, yeah, it sort of like transitioned into like different music. Um, but a lot of it had like the same, I don't know, the same mood, I guess, Mm. as the pop punk, but like with a little more depth to it. Cause like something Scott and I were talking about earlier today is how the like the angst and the anger in pop punk that we were so drawn to and like the emotion in it is just this really like reactionary sort of immature anger um of just being like I'm mad I'm gonna like latch on to this right now what I'm feeling right right now and I'm gonna act on it and be like I wish you were dead um (laughs) whereas like like in a lot of the indie that then we got into like specifically like Bright Eyes and Connor mm-hmm. Oberst um it still has that like anger and that yeah. angst and that sadness but in a more like profound way where it's more like nuanced, yeah. yeah yeah definitely um yeah it's less just being like I don't like you therefore you must die and more like I don't like you let me explore these feelings why am I feeling this way what does this say about me right um which is totally what indie is <laughs> <laughs> well I mean one thing that both you and Scott have touched on a little bit. It's like the act, the scene, mm-hmm. like the whole scene of scene. Um, yeah. like the whole aspect of that music yeah. that was just community. Like how big oh, it was yeah. to differentiate like who was authentic and who was a yeah. poser, and like hanging out with your group that you could identify totally. through the clothes you wore and whatever. I feel like it was really easy to like distinguish who was, like, a pop-punk emo kid at heart, like, who, like, really came into themselves through that, and who, like, started listening. (laughs) Scott and I were talking about this the other day, actually. (laughs) Scott and I talk a lot, you can tell. Um, (laughs) I, I matched with someone on Tinder, and their bio just said, like, move to Seattle to make pop-punk music, and Scott and I were like, okay, well, the first question should be, are you talking this band, or are you talking this band, to, like, kind of... Because there's such a yeah, range. Yeah, yeah you have to what sift band? out the... I want to know what band. We, we spent a lot of time <laughs> trying to decide. Hour, <laughs> yeah, and I think we finally decided on, uh, are you talking Taking Back Sunday or The Main? Okay. Because you can yeah. really tell a lot, like, are you, yeah, are you, like, drawn to this, like, like, what we think is, like, authentic pop punk, which mm-hmm. is, like, like angry, angsty, emotional, like, Mm -hmm. very dramatic, but, like, has this sort of, it, like, makes you feel something, in a way, Mm -hmm. like, usually negative, you know, but, like, something you can latch onto, (laughs) or is it, like, you like the sound of, like, pop music, but, like, with an edge. Okay. Um, Okay. Which, like, yeah, we're talking, like, Forever the Sickest Kids, and The Main, and, like, May, and you know, yeah. stuff it's like it's like light pop punk. Right. Okay. Yeah. Not so heavy. But yeah, and so I feel like that like really I don't know, creates this like really distinct line. Did he reply to that? Did you ask him that? Um, I did get a response. Um <laughs> and about your Tinder life. <laughs> um well basically it was more of a oh I'm talking blah 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 and just listed all of like oh, really, God. really like 
original pop punk like oh I like Weezer and Jawbreaker okay. Okay. and like these bands that I was just like oh shit you're like <laughs> a real like pop punk like more like punk leaning whereas I'm yeah. like do you like all time low how do you feel about brand new <laughs> yeah. um, there is like generations yeah. I feel oh, like totally. yeah, yeah. like even with like like some 41 like you're talking about that's yeah. a mm-hmm. different vibe than listening to like yeah, my chemical romance. Even, or yeah, the clothes yeah. that you would wear yeah. if you listened yeah. to Sum Forty One versus later My Chemical Romance. Yeah. So different. Like so completely opposite totally. spectrums of like jean t shirt bands mm-hmm. versus very done up, like <laughs> yeah. gothic Skinny ties, skinny black yeah. ties. Yeah. yeah. Well, then that brings in the whole thing of like pop punk versus emo versus scene. Yeah. And I like, would love to know how you <laughs> differentiate between those two. Please. Shannon? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if I have like clear boundaries on that. Um, well. I think it would be helpful to listeners. <laughs> all right. As a girl who's done it all, <laughs> a girl who's lived through it all, I started out being, you know, listening to pop punk. And mm-hmm. so. I was very, like, jeans, t-shirt, Converse, or Vans. Um, Band shirt, of course, or black shirt, usually from Hot Topic, skinny jeans. And then that slowly segued into me being like, I'm goth, which I was not. (laughs) I was definitely not goth. I was like, I really like My Chemical Romance and the used. Therefore, I am goth. I wear black. (laughs) Um... I wasn't. Yeah, I really wasn't. Um, But then from that, it became like, you know, the emo phase, which is really what we were when we said I'm goth and listened to My Chemical Romance and the use. Um, And so that was, yeah, just like Hot Topic Black. So I had a a zip-up hoodie that said, "Boy or robots make better boyfriends, and it was a robot holding a heart-shaped balloon. And I would wear it almost every day. That is perfect. Yeah, you can look on my MySpace. I'm sure I have pictures with it. Um... But yeah, and so then that is like, that's when I started straightening my hair a lot, um, wearing like really heavy eye makeup. It was definitely a more curated look than just being like, oh, I listen to this music and it makes me want to be like, oh, like I'm not going to shop at Abercrombie and Hollister like these other girls that I hang out with. It, it was more of like a skater, I guess, style. Like I, yeah. I was, I was really into PacSun and Zoomies at that point in my life. And then scene follows after that and it's like emo, but with more color. Okay. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, so it's like still wearing the like tight jeans, the a lot of black, but also then I'd have like a pink bow in my hair, and I'd wear like maybe some like blue eyeshadow with my dark makeup. Yeah, and that's also when like I started wearing. <laughs> oh, this is really revealing. Um, I started wearing these like uh, feathers in my hair, but not like um. It was because I wanted <laughs> colored streaks, but I was afraid to dye my hair. I Although I the feather trend. Yeah. It was a phase, yeah. But I never had, like, the strand of feather that, like, you know, girls would get in. I would yeah. go to, like, where I was from, there's this place called Ben Franklin Crafts. It was a craft store, and I would go there and buy the feathers that they had for, like, crafts. Um, so they're, like, full-on, like, a peacock feather, and I would buy that, and then I would, like, <laughs> attach string to it, and I would, like, tie it, <laughs> or bobby pin it into my hair, oh my God. and I would do it sort of underneath, so then I'd have this, like, color sticking out, but it was a feather. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, so that was, like, eighth grade, <laughs> and, like, maybe freshman year. Oh, yeah, and then I, I sort of transitioned back into the band shirt, jeans phase, and then I got really into indie music, and I just Never put only... Back. Yeah, I would just shop at, like, thrift stores, and I was like, mmm, this cardigan's cute. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, 
Anyway, Scott, what about you? <laughs> well, I do think what's interesting about that kind of your overview right there was that the differentiation is in the listeners. And yeah. I think why it's confusing to a lot of people is that the actual music, that there's probably a ton of goth kids who are listening to the same music that the pop punk kids are listening to. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of like, again, in terms of where you fall on the spectrum, then mm-hmm. manifests yeah. in like a completely different fashion mm-hmm. and a different sort of mm-hmm. style to like how you live. I was more vanilla than Shannon. Um, <laughs> I stayed honestly indie through and through. Oh, but I do, fine. I will say this, that um, I always wanted to be pushing the boundaries a bit more, mm-hmm. um, but never did. So I like, I would sneak through Hot Topic and sort of <laughs> dream of what could be done. Yeah. <laughs> but was and again and whether it was because I was around a group of people who was like already surprised by my vans and band t-shirts yeah. which again talk about unshocking but I'm not sure if the reason that I didn't sort of push further than I was wanting was because of that or some other thing but I did I was pretty consistently pop punk and or emo throughout junior high and high school I did have very long hair that I just I wished every Christmas that it would grow longer but my hair does this thing where it's like it reaches a certain length and then it just starts twisting in curly. on itself yeah it yeah. is curly so it just For became all the listeners, Scott's hair <laughs> let's just imagine curly. me with curly hair but Scott is a 6'2 you know like curly haired blue eyed freckled. yeah um, very freckled but yeah so I don't know I, I always wanted I think I wanted to be pushing more into the realm of not goth. I was never wanting to be goth, but yeah. I think more emo and more like full-hearted emo, but I was a little too shy to do that. So I missed out on certain phases, yeah. but who knows? They might reemerge at some point I think they have already. Yeah. <laughs> what are you saying? Yeah. I'm just saying, your pants get a little tight. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have always been that way, um, but the categories are very tricky. Yeah, have they been the kind of they merge. There's a lot of overlap too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard to just be like very much in just one. And I also remember even sometimes bands would have like an album come out and people would be like, "Oh, this is no longer mm-hmm. X. It's now Y." And they like skip genres. Totally. Yeah. Like yeah. I remember like AFI was a big one of mm-hmm. being like goth and punk and then going very mainstream. Yeah. yeah. And everyone was like, "Fuck that." It was really funny to watch that happen. Yeah. Well, I, like, it kind of sounds the same. Yeah. <laughs> it does. And I was reminded the other day, one of our other coworkers was talking about an interview with Taking Back Sunday that she had seen when the interviewer had posed the question of sort of what do you think of this whole emo thing? Because mm. Taking Back Sunday was often called emo. And this is, I think, that early on, so they maybe had two albums out. Um, and the lead singer was like, you know, I, I don't really think we're emo. I just think of us as like a rock and roll band, which is funny. Cause again, and I'm sure there are a lot of people, the emos out there, myself included, <laughs> who were a little felt kind of betrayed by that. Cause I, I've, I've never been like, yeah, give me rock and roll because I think yeah. of it as sort of a different thing. Mm-hmm. Did you call yourself emo? Yeah. I think I resisted it. Well, Did you? 
I, yeah, I think I, I, I was did. called emo so often by other people mm-hmm. that I just decided, I was like, whatever. You just I'm embrace just it. Gonna... You're like, yeah, I'm your token emo. <laughs> <laughs> Come make me emo. So, keepers and takeaways from all of Pop Punk, which was huge, and it mm-hmm. just kept, felt like it just kept growing. Right? It's still growing. I guess that's Weirdly, that is true. Yeah. That is true. That is true. Yeah. And Warped Tour has... still exists. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys go to Warped Tour? I did. I never went. I, I did it. Every summer my family was out of town during Warp Tour. Yeah. And I, every summer, was very depressed. I went two years in a row. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my dad took me. Oh, you're not a Did he stay or did he drop you Oh, off? he stayed. My dad's cool. He, um, a lot of music festivals, I think almost all the music festivals, actually, that I went to before college, my dad took me to. Wow. And he would just, like, do his own thing, and I would do my own thing with my friends, and then we'd meet up after. Um, yeah. That's really nice. So my dad was, like, the, you know adult male yeah. walking around yeah. at like warp tour by himself yeah. with the backpack and the hat yeah <laughs> yeah but no it's just my dad just like hanging out waiting for me that's so nice that really yeah sweet. but like i need yeah. a list of like who okay. you kept with you in your heart to this day and who you have fucking thrown in the trash yeah. like what bands did you accept did you reject well now if we're talking warp tour still, oh, yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> actually, so I was a really big all time low fan for a while, mm. like really into all time low, which is funny because I definitely took the more like the darker path down pop punk and emo. <laughs> I got into like the darker shit, but um, I really liked all time low. Um, my best friend in high school and I met because I was wearing an all-time low shirt and she was wearing a Paramore hoodie and she was like I like your shirt and I was like I like your hoodie and then we became best friends um and so you're saying you have taken all-time low with you well so this is the thing um Mm -hmm. if we're going back to Warp Tour I loved all-time low I saw them both years at Warp Tour and the second year they did a meet and greet and I remember oh, going no. to it and being I'm so, so excited. I, you know, they gave us like the Warp Tour poster. They were all gonna sign it. I was stoked. I had run into uh, Zach. I think is his name. He's the drummer. Um, earlier that day, and like got a, you know, a shirtless photo with him. And I was like feeling really good. I was like maybe he'll remember me. I don't know. Um, and I waited in line for a long time. And then I got up to them, and I was. They were all signing my poster, and. Alex, the like lead singer. Yeah, I remember all their names. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, I think I all of the lead singers yeah. of all of those bands were named Alex. Oh, oh for 100%. sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they all had yeah very typical like like suburban um, boy names. Jesse. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> they were on the yeah. soccer team. Then they left to pursue music. Um, but yeah, so Alex Gasgarth. <laughs> he, yeah. <laughs> He was so preoccupied trying to get a couple of the, like, slightly older, but still maybe, you know, like, not old enough girls in the audience to flash him that he, like, didn't even look at me when he signed my poster. And I remember from that moment on, I was just like, I lost all of my respect for them because, yeah, hashtag misogyny. I couldn't do it anymore. And so, like, that's one of those bands that, like, even though... Scott and I listened to them at work today. It's just not the same, and yeah. I haven't carried it with me because I, I like, it like mm. broke the facade of like, oh, this is music I like. These are boys that I think are cute, and like, yeah. this is, yeah, like, oh, I really relate to what they're talking about, and then that just shattered all of that, and I was like, what? No. I'm so confused. 
when you were getting your... Sorry, I'm just like, I'm trying to think about the logistics of him trying to get those women to flash him. So it was like this crowd gathered. Oh, there was a crowd there. Yeah, so So they was just like... They were like on a platform, like a stage, and you had to wait in this line, and then it wrapped up this ramp to go up to the stage, and all four of them were sitting there, and they would... Like, you'd go through, and they'd sign your poster, and, like, you'd shake their hand or whatever. Right. Um, and he had a microphone, and I think he might have been actually the only one from the band with the microphone, because he's the front man, and, right. you know, like, that's all we all care about. That's true. Um, and he was just, like, talking <laughs> to these girls who were waiting in the crowd, and he was just, like, yeah, just, like, mm, you're gonna show me your boobies? And shit like that. And just, like, trying to... Holy moly. And they did. They did flash him. And that's the thing that made me even like sadder that I was just like no don't do that that does remind me though yeah the, one of the very emo aesthetic things was those I heart boobies bands that was the thing you remember that yeah no. it was for it breast was, cancer yeah for breast cancer but uh, talking yeah. about like a weird yeah like yeah. weird campaign was the like <laughs> thick wristband that says I heart yeah. boobies um, which yeah again yeah <laughs> <laughs> totally for the cause um oh. but yeah I'm trying to think of who I listen to in early high school that I still listen to now. I do, and I, and why. I think that, like, still listen to Brand New. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we all went to a concert. We did. Two years ago. Together, <laughs> yeah, we so. can't lie. Brand New, who <laughs> yeah, has gotten a lot of shade brand new. in this conversation. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, yeah so we, we saw did. them, yeah, two summers ago. <laughs> but yeah, Brand New, Modest Mouse. Yeah. There's another oh, one who I, who's, and they're not really pop punk, but they were definitely of the style, oh, the and style. I was yeah, listening time. to them then. Um, Bright Eyes, as Shannon mentioned, is my ride or die. Mm-hmm. And I do, I like to think that the reason, <laughs> <laughs> the reason that I still listen to some of those bands is, um, that they have, they've all definitely evolved musically. Mm-hmm. And especially, like, Brand New is a good example, where their first album is very kind of classic pop punk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you listen to the next three, and again, they're not, they haven't moved into a kind of sobering sound, but they definitely, they've evolved musically. Yeah, And I do think that they've gained, we were talking about that lack of nuance, Mm -hmm. and I think that they at least have become slightly more, they've gained slightly more depth than where they started. Whereas a lot of the bands that I have left behind, who are probably the bands that are still playing Warp Tour, (laughs) are the ones that... Are able to write really well from like I'm in my early twenties and have emotions, mm-hmm. but that's the only place they can write from. So like, Made It Parade, We the yeah. Kings, the main, all those bands that were I know some of my friends who did listen to like Brand New would laugh at me for listening to, and I secretly listen to them, but <laughs> they have also fallen away. Yeah. And now I listen to them, and they're more of the like this is funny to listen to, yeah. even though it's still nostalgic. It's more funny to listen to, whereas I can listen to kind of earlier brand new and be like oh this is like this has potential mm-hmm. yeah that's really interesting yeah. of what you choose and, to take and the music itself was more interesting too because like you were saying like from that first album it was very much the standard like four chords pop punk chords mm-hmm. and then from like moving away from that it got a lot more complicated and it was yeah. more it was more interesting and you like wanted to listen to more and every album started sounding different and it was like oh, are they going to be, like, screamo brand new? Or, oh, are they going to be, like, more acoustic brand new? And they, like, yeah, yeah their sound became really eclectic and interesting. It wasn't just, like, I'm going to put on a pop-punk album and it doesn't matter what it is because my sister tell me it all sounds the same. Yeah. 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 
for choosing like what you take with you, is there like themes from pop punk that you see like in other genres of music that you listen to, or I don't know the the feelings that mm-hmm. you have yeah. from pop totally. punk? Totally, yeah. Do? That's and this is again we were talking about this of like okay. pop punk songs that how they sort of can move quickly between emotions. So it can be like, oh, I'm just gonna be like lamely angry about someone who broke up with me mm-hmm. but then that there is also i think oftentimes an a, at least somewhat of a mm-hmm. nod toward like depression mm-hmm. or toward a kind of isolation etc and i do think that that obviously is a theme in all music but definitely mm-hmm. in certain music that i still listen to um is the more sort of emotion that's restricted mostly to like the one person as opposed to a relationship-based emotion so i don't know i do think that those like that idea of depression and depression again across all genres but Mm -hmm. certainly was there in pop punk to again a very flagrant extent yeah that's yeah. like yeah they love to talk about talk, spill canvas Woof. yeah oh my <laughs> they, god yeah <laughs> they find every way to yeah. talk about depression possible but i think that again it's like there's something there is something refreshing and probably at the time there's something refreshing about people talking about these things so explicitly yeah and now as you grow older you're like, okay, give me a little more subtlety because <laughs> like we get it at this yeah. point. We do get it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what you would say for that, Shannon. No, I, I totally agree. I think there are a lot of themes or like moods that are sort of created from pop punk and emo that um, I still look for in music. Um, but it definitely comes in a yeah much more nuanced like subtle way um thinking like a lot of the the bands that I started listening to immediately after pop punk Mm -hmm. um because I yeah I transitioned from pop punk into like listening to a lot of indie and alternative um and it was like bands like yeah like Bright Eyes and Sufjan Stevens and like Mm -hmm. Elliot Smith um that I I still saw that same sort of like like, oh, I'm sad, and these guys are talking about being sad, and that, like, feels good, I guess, to, like, have that sort of shared experience with the music mm-hmm. that I'm listening to, um, that I felt with pop punk, but it definitely came in a more, yeah, like, the Spill Canvas is just so, like, <laughs> knocks you over the head, like, they have a song called Self-Conclusion <laughs> that Scott and I you reference all the time. In, fill in the blanks with yeah. that title. <laughs> And it's like, it's like a six minute track and it's just a conversation between a guy and a girl and she's just like, basically she's the one who wants to self-conclude her her life. Yeah. And then convinces her to just move in with him. Yeah. Exactly. I want to save you. (laughs) Yeah. It is one of You guys are all going to be better if we live together. (laughs) Yeah. You can split room. Like what? Exactly. And it's like, when I was in high school, I have this... Really embarrassing yet vivid memory of listening to that song on repeat in my bedroom on my, you know, like stereo system but with headphones so my mom didn't hear it and collaging, <laughs> like collaging <laughs> pictures God, from uh, Alternative Press magazine. Oh! And I made I really big collages. <laughs> oh, I was, I subscribed. Did you subscribe? Oh, I subscribed. No, I just tried to buy it from our Barnes yeah. & Nobles whenever I could. Nice. <laughs> like whenever I was in there, I was like, Dad. Oh my God, Alternative. It's so good. It 
Yeah, I look like, forward to it every Rolling month. Stones just doesn't cover yeah. what I want them to cover. Because I want to see pictures more than I want to read. Yeah. Basically. And I want to cut out the pictures while I listen to this sad music in my bedroom alone after school. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I remember like being alone listening to that and just feeling and like crying and being sad and being like, I'm collaging my feelings. Um, and it was just like so dark, but also so like. I don't know, superficial, like, that sort of sadness, where I was, like, I didn't, I mean, I was, like, 14, so I didn't know what I was feeling, really, except that I was, like, I have emotions, and these guys have emotions, so, So, like, it's the same. Same emotions, right? (laughs) Yeah, and then, like, discovering, (laughs) yeah, these these bands that talked about it in way more, uh, like, pointed ways that were just, like, more interesting, and, yeah, it just it felt different and it made me be like, oh, I have emotions because I'm a complex human. And like, (laughs) (laughs) so now I can like look into that and see like, why do I feel these emotions? Um, And like, why do they feel this? And yeah, the evolution of being a human. (laughs) Adolescence, yeah. Yeah, through your musical taste. Yeah. I find very interesting. I think that's exciting. Because I feel both of you kind of talked about like music tastes like mellowing for Mm -hmm. like the most part like the music mellowed didn't ever go in the opposite direction because i think sometimes i do not fully but occasionally i go a lot more heavy well i do yeah i had (laughs) to confess earlier um to shannon that a lot of the bands that do have like can go harder and also Mm -hmm. have the soft stuff i for a while in early high school only listened to their soft stuff and then mm. pretended as though that was my favorite band, despite <laughs> the fact that the soft stuff was probably the least representative. <laughs> so, like, Brand New, for instance, okay. for those Brand New fans, they're just a good keynote. But um, Also, can we create a playlist to go on your Tumblr with this? That's a oh, great idea. So, so you'll be able to reference gonna, every I song. Gonna ask for I feel recommendations like, yeah. and that would be... <laughs> I, I so feel like good. not everyone listening has the same, like, really, right. like, personal relationship with pop punk that we have. Yeah. So we can show um, you the way. Listen yeah. Before the way. and after. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. But, oh, what a great idea. Thank that you. is a great okay. idea. I would love that. Um, but yeah, so Brand New, for instance, I was, for a while, I liked Soko Marta Lime, which is oh, yeah. one of their few simply acoustic songs. Yeah. Brilliant song. Boy Who Blocks His Own Shot. That were more kind of the softer, mm-hmm. and then I was afraid of their harder music and pretended that I loved it, but never listened to you it. Were actually afraid of but it. But I was afraid of it, yeah. Um, and then I don't know when the shift happened, but I and I did have some screamo phases in high school. But I do think with a lot of those bands that cover a broader spectrum, and they do get kind of more. I don't even know if I, I won't call it hardcore because I know a hardcore person will call me out <laughs> for them not being truly hardcore. But um, I do. I, I have definitely, and even now, I will be like, I need something that has kind of a harder edge to it. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of the bands I listen to just don't have. Yeah. And I need to sometimes regress mm-hmm. a bit to some bands I listened to earlier to get that. Mm-hmm. So I do, I do definitely still have the kind of relapse moment of wanting something that's a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then other times I can like it's almost unbearable to me and I have to just keep with the soft stuff. So it does, it definitely changes a lot. Yeah. I, um, yeah. (laughs) Coming right out of my like super, super intense pop punk emo phase. I think there's about a year that all I listened to was acoustic music. Um, because I actually, I was more drawn to the really heavy side of pop punk and I got really into like 
Coheed and Cambria and, like, My Chemical Romance um, and, like, the, you know, borderline screamo stuff, but yeah. also, like, stuff like Coheed was very, it musically was super, super complicated, like, Definitely, and I don't really understand that. Yeah. <laughs> and, what is it? Prog it was, rock or yeah, whatever. Like prog like rock, crazy rock, guitar like, super, like, stuff like, happening. almost, like, borderline, like, metal, metal, like, guitar riffs. Right. Um, but yeah, but like from all of that, like I really latched onto that and I liked, um, I liked it harder. <laughs> um, <laughs> the one sound bite for this podcast. I liked it it's harder. Be, yeah. I like it harder. Um, and then I just started. Um, so then I could only listen to acoustic for about a year and I, and that was when I like got really into indie, um, which I, Scott and I talked about this earlier. We both listened to a lot of indie music while we were listening to pop punk. Um, but it was, like, all very complimentary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I, yeah, so it was just, like, I listened to, like, Iron and Wine and Elliot Smith and (laughs) Belle and Sebastian and Death Cab, and that was, like, all I listened to for about a year. And, like, Sufjan Stevens, like, you know, Seven Swans, like, his, like, older, like, more acoustic stuff. Um, because I, yeah, I think I found something that I was, like, oh, this is, like, sentimental and emotional, but not angry and not like yeah super violent and aggressive and it felt really nice um to listen to that but then from there I definitely had a pretty immediate switch probably around like sophomore junior year of high school where I just started listening to a lot of like 90s alt and grunge and like really getting back into music that wasn't um wasn't acoustic <laughs> yeah and I also got really into yeah like post-rock then too because okay. it was like stuff like um explosions in the sky or like Ooh. Goonies Never Say Die and stuff like that that was like um still kind of had that pop punk feeling but um wasn't it, I mean a lot of it was instrumental so it wasn't mm-hmm. like that um I don't know that same like sappy like my girlfriend broke up with me thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah which was cool yeah. <laughs> How do you think listening to pop punk um, shaped the music you listen to now? Like, mm-hmm. do you think it has a big influence on what you look for now? Um, or do you think it's, like, that time in your life is totally separate from where you are now? Like, is there... So, yeah. yeah. Like, is there intersection yeah. still? Like, aside from, like, the nostalgia? Or does it still feel like, mm-hmm. like, oh, this was a big chunk of my life, and now I've moved on to this chunk of my life? Mm-hmm. Um, cause music is life. We've decided. <laughs> yeah. Agree to that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. In terms of music I listen to now, I do, I always do like the emotionally expressive music. Mm-hmm. And I think that that again, and as we have said, pop punk is like the most expressive and usually very, um, kind of unoriginally so. But in ter- when you're, you know, I think the nice thing about it when you're growing up is that if you're like, if you're 14 and feeling sad, you probably haven't really experienced that much in terms of like art mm-hmm, that's right. talking about that in a way that's so easily understood to you. So it's like you can see, you can listen to a musician who's more advanced and they could be talking about the exact same thing and it might just go straight over your head. And I think the benefit of pop punk is that it's very accessible to everyone in terms of like the way that it's talking about its emotions and I do think though that that like level of vulnerability to what you're saying is something that I still appreciate in the music that I like now um 
even though obviously I want it to be slightly more, slightly more kind of <laughs> originally approached <laughs> these days. But I don't know. And I, yeah, so I think that that's probably the thing that sticks out the most to me is that like refutation of being coy about how you're feeling. Cause that's something that frustrates me about, I mean, I don't even know if I can come up with musical, musical examples of that, but just in general, I think that whole like, Ooh, I'm not really gonna say how I'm feeling about X, Y, or Z. That's what I do appreciate about the music I like now that I think was informed very much so by pop punk and it's, willing openness <laughs> to talk about all things all things <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know what about you shannon yeah i still look for music that is very emotional very like when i say moody i don't necessarily mean like like angsty or angsty, sad right. i mean moody in a way that like creates a mood and like i i feel like music for me is most effective if it evokes like some feeling in me mm-hmm. um and be that, you know, like, something, like, sad and heavy, or be that just, like, oh, I want to dance to this, but, like, it makes me feel something, mm-hmm. and it isn't just, like, filling, like, sound space. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, like, what I look for. So, yeah, either, like, stuff like Modest Mouse, or, um, like, Explosions in the Sky, I really like. Um, like, Black Angels, also, they, they're, like, kind of heavier, but still have this sort of, like trance type vibe that it creates um so stuff like that but then I also listen to a lot of um alt music still like pavement and (laughs) dinosaur jr and pixies and stuff like that um so I think what I've carried into my current music from pop punk is I like I definitely like musically like something a little harder like I can't I have a hard time getting into a lot of the like indie pop music mm. because it's just too like twee for me and yeah. just a little too uh, too pop. But then yeah, I also listen to a lot of hip hop now too because I think it has that same like it's moody in like the way it has a beat to it mm. that I can yeah into. Yeah, I don't know. There's something in the last year I've been listening to a lot of hip hop and I'm not quite sure what it is about it that has drawn me to it. I think for mood, hip hop is just like there's so much levels of beat versus like the melody versus Mm -hmm. the lyrics that like come together that fit so nicely and are just like Mm -hmm. this nice little packet like yeah like so compact song. Yeah. I have like, I've enjoyed listening to recently, because it's, like, it is very, I don't know, it feels solid when you listen to it, because there's so much happening. Yeah. Yeah, and in terms of, um, like, original modes of expression, I think hip-hop does a great job of incorporating, for, like, any given hip-hop song, that, like, where the expression is coming through the most can vary a lot, which Mm -hmm. is something that we've talked about not really happening with Mm -hmm. pop-punk. So it's, like, I don't know, I just think hip-hop does a great job where it's like, it can be very lyrically expressive or not so lyrically expressive, but more in the beat or the melody, you know? That yeah. there's, and I do, I think that's a great point of how layered hip-hop tends to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, all, I think, a lot of really great music now relies on that ability to be so layered yeah. and of being kind of original in the way that you layer. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. yeah. 
like your references hold meaning they're not just references yeah. right I don't know. I feel like now that we've made the, we've gone from pop punk to hip hop. It feels like it's, <laughs> yeah. like it's and reached now the proper, it's reached the per- proper arc. Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, but some suggestions. Yeah, I would love suggestions if maybe uh, someone listening isn't that well versed in pop punk or like what they should listen to nowadays, like anything like that. What you would suggest? I mean, we're gonna have the whole playlist, so right. Mm-hmm. One band that jumps to mind that has not gone addressed, and I think is such a pop punk hallmark, Dashboard Confessional. Oh, yes. So you've got to get yes. some Dashboard Confessional in the there. Acoustic to pop punk. Totally. Yeah. It's really I there. feel like we didn't talk much about like popular pop punk mm. that yeah. is still like authentically pop punk, and then yeah. pop punk that is like underground that we listened to right. and you like had to see at work tour because i mean i feel like pop punk definitely like somehow like found its way into like mainstream radio and sure, movies yeah. and stuff definitely. too dashboard though dashboard taking back sunday back sunday tbs brand yeah. new if you're not sold already on brand oh. new <laughs> it's like we both we hated on them the yeah. first half we loved them the second your new half. problematic thing <laughs> yeah, <new. laughs> um we didn't talk about Fallout Boy at all. <gasps> oh, we did yeah. not. But they're like the poster boys. Yeah, of they pop are. Punk. Yeah. I can't believe we didn't. Yeah. I think at that point I was like, if you just listen to Fallout Boy, you're a poser. That's what I thought mm-hmm. in my in my little head at that time. <gasps> my little noggin. My little your little noggin. noggin. <laughs> your little pop punk <laughs> noggin. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They were huge. They were, they were huge. Yeah. I forgot just how big they were. Yeah. And they were good. <laughs> I really, really liked Fallout Boy. Um, they were I mean, great. yeah. I would say I do actually like some pop punk, current pop punk bands. Um, Joyce Manor, I think. Yeah, Joyce Manor is great. Pop punk yeah. Band. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're fun. I think they're like a good pop punk band that like mm-hmm. I don't feel any shame listening to. I'm not like nostalgic when I listen to them. I'm like, oh, I just like this band. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. Do you have anyone else like that? Current? Yeah. Brand new is coming out with a new CD. Yeah, they are. Yeah, so <laughs> we're very excited. Like, God knows concerned. where they're at yeah. in terms of genre. Because yeah, I think Joyce, what's nice about Joyce Manor is that they are, they still do sort of follow the patterns of pop punk. Yeah. But aren't, I think that they also avoid what's frustrating about pop punk. Totally. And that they are musically interesting. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. I've, yeah, I've read people. So reviews by people who know more than I do um, that are like, oh, it's surprising that they use this guitar riff or whatever. Yeah. That's like interesting. Do you have any contemporary um, hard. Well, punkers? so there's like this new wave um, called post-emo. Whoa, um, I did not yeah. know that. Yeah, Tell and me like, more. so there's this band Dads that I really like, um, but they're, yeah, they're like post-emo mm-hmm. um, oh in that they are pop-punk essentially, mm-hmm. but definitely have a, a more like post rock vibe. Um, it's it's pretty cool. I feel like some hardcore has sort of like diverged back mm-hmm. into like the the pop punk pool. I think I so agree. yeah, bands like um like La Dispute is a band that I really like that is like people would say is hardcore because mm-hmm. lyrically and like the way it's sort of like this spoken word type of like singing mm-hmm. um, that is more, um, yeah, often like more joined in with hardcore music. But it like, 
the music itself and the way he isn't just like screaming all the time, like yelling everything, it feels very much like pop punk. Okay. Um, and I feel like Tiger's Jaw is kind of like that mm-hmm. too. Um, and like very like still pop punk, but like has sort of moved beyond that. Yeah. Um, like but beyond the poppier side of pop punk right. into mm-hmm. more pop punk punk <laughs> or something. Because yeah. it really yeah. did seem like there was a definite line for a while of like, yeah. oh, this is not a genre that's going to continue. Mm-hmm. Right? Didn't it seem like, oh, yeah. oh, for like sure. with like yeah. Fall Out oh, Boy yeah. and My Chemical Romance, it seemed to like have ended after they stopped. Yeah. There was a huge stuff. movement, I think, where people were like, emo is dead. Pop punk <laughs> is dead. Like that is, that ended and like we're never coming back from that. But I feel like it still has like trickled what? into, yeah, emo is life. Pop punk is life. Um, <laughs> And it's definitely trickled back into a lot of um, other bands. And especially, I think, people who of our generation who grew up listening to that and are now still, like, influenced by what they listen to, like, in middle school and high school. Um, and that shows up in their music now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I even think um, a band that would be considered more indie, like Surfer Blood, part of why I like them so much is because it reminds me of pop punk. Mm-hmm. Like, the way he sings and the way the music is. I'm just like, this is just pop punk, but, like, with this edge on it where it seems cool now because it's considered indie. But yeah. it, like, is totally pop punk. I would also give one a shout-out simply by virtue of, A, their talent, but also them not being just straight dudes. Um, <laughs> Power Bottom is a oh, great yeah. band. Yeah. Um, and is just a duo, two queer dudes who are so, so good. They have a tiny desk, highly recommended. Um, but they're great. They're less pop punk, but more, I, they fall in kind of the realm of punk stylings. Um, but really good and not run of the mill. We didn't talk about the accent, the pop punk accent. <gasps> Tell me about the pop punk what is yeah, that? Shannon explained this to me today. Oh yeah, which is amazing. Um, voice that someone, those dudes do. that they all sing in. Yeah, yeah, someone a while back told me that they read an article. So I didn't even read this. I'm this. Someone else told me this that they read that someone else wrote Your this say. thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, about so. like that. Yeah, that accent that they all use in their music, like, um, like Blink One Eighty Two saying like, "You're the voice inside my yed." And stuff like that. And that sort of... I, I don't want to, like, mimic it because I know I'll butcher it. But this... <laughs> this... Um, I, I don't know. If you listen to pop punk, you kind of should know what I'm talking about. No, I... There's you'll this, know. It's yeah. this, like, whine almost. But the way it comes out through their voice, it's like a... I, I can't even... I can't even I'm try to, to do it. Yeah. Like, um, did you hear? You fucked her. Like I don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, all I can think yeah. is Blink One Eighty Two. Right oh, now. Blink One Eighty Two. I think is a perfect example. Of the, it. The, yeah. The, there are two singers. There's two like singers. One it's one not the like Mark. The, it's not Mark. Mark Hoppus yeah. has like a pretty standard Normal. voice, yeah. and Tom DeLonge. It's Tom DeLonge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's got the song, that line. I miss you, and you'll yeah. know when it I starts. I miss you. <laughs> don't waste your time <laughs> on me. Yeah. Yeah. But that was like the that was the voice. It's weird. It's and she knows totally. why. Oh, well. Supposedly, or <laughs> well, she has heard. Well, students. Um, <laughs> yeah, so apparently it's because pop punk was, like, mostly influenced by British punk. Like, not so much American punk, which was also influenced by British, British punk, punk, let's yeah. be honest. Um, but yeah, it was just, like, British punk. So they, like, these uh, vocalists that they would listen to had, like, British accents. 
Um, but because, like, that was the main influence, and these are, like, 18, 19-year-old kids starting these bands, they all started mimicking that accent. So, like, in their music, even though they're, like, American kids singing, um, you know, about girls breaking up with them, they still do it with this, like, inflection in their voice that, like, is as if they're trying to have, like, an English accent while they're singing, but it just comes out in this weird, like, whine where you're just like, where are you from? Yeah. You know? Like, it's, yeah, like, sort of... I don't know, it kind of reminds me of, like, the whole, like, transatlantic, like, accent yeah. of, like, back in the day of, like, you're not, like, you live in America, but you have this, like, posh accent, accent. that sounds like you're trying to be, like, not even English, but just, like, vaguely European, <laughs> and, like, that's totally what pop punk is doing, um, but, like, trying to be, like, so you're trying to be, like, punk, but, like, not even, like, you know, American punk or whatever, it's just, like, what, like, where are you from? What genre are you from? And it's just, like, Yeah. The, the pop punk wine is what it pop is. Wine. But that makes sense because that was so it does popular. Make sense, yeah. Like even the yeah. cadence, like the, the totally. way that they like hit off mm-hmm. um, words was mm-hmm. odd. Yeah, it's very odd. And it's like affected, sort of. It's affected. Yeah. <laughs> affected in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't, it just feels very different to like, and I think that's kind of what set it apart, I guess, from just like, regular, you know, like, mainstream, like, rock or mm-hmm. something. Um, yeah, it had this, like, yeah, this, like, weird undertone to it where you're just like, what is this? Mm-hmm. But, like, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clearly. Yeah. It was just nasally, too, I think. Very nasally. Like, very nasally. Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't have to have a good voice to do pop punk. No. You basically had to not have a good voice yeah. to be good at pop punk. I know, if you had too good of a voice, there was something, like, sort of... Yeah, you had to kind of sound like you were going through puberty still to be taken seriously as a pop-punk artist. Even though you were, like, 20 years old. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Particularly with the bands like All Time Low and Mayday Parade, Mm -hmm. The Main, We the Kings. Oh, another band, I guess, that, like, I can't really listen to anymore is Hit the Lights. I don't know if you ever listen to them. Yes. They're, like, they're so good, but his voice is so nasally that, like, it's just bad. And when I listen to it now, it's just, like, sandpaper on my ears. It's not, it's, like, not enjoyable. But I remember finding them on MySpace and being, like, this is Wasn't the best. Wasn't their album called Skip School, Start Fights, Hit the Lights? Maybe. Yeah, I think that was a little, like, yeah. phrase they had on the cover. We'll put it on yeah. the playlist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sandpaper on the ears, put it yeah. on the playlist. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Also, MySpace. MySpace. MySpace was a yeah. huge part of pop punk. Yeah. Like, really, we talked really about Jeffree Star, we talked about yeah. the MySpace stars a little bit, but, like, mm-hmm. there was, like, a bunch of women, too, that, like, I think became famous as, like, MySpace models, and it was, Lights like, just was the... one a musician yeah. being famous via MySpace, yeah. I think. Just the start of, like, social media. Yeah. And then this, like, whole scene mm-hmm. that, like, kind of came from it a little bit. I feel like pop punk and emo couldn't have existed without the internet. That makes sense. Definitely. It needed, like, some sort of platform for people to be like, this isn't, like, just music. This is, like, a lifestyle that we want to sort of create. When I was saying earlier to Shannon that I definitely the way that I would go about finding new bands to listen to was going to, like, oh, I like this band, I'll go to their MySpace and see who their top eight friends yeah. are. Because they would often be eight 
very similar bands that all sounded the exact same. And I'd be like, hmm, <laughs> let me figure this out. But that was my way in, was MySpace. Yeah. And I just tore everything from LimeWire or something. But, oh, my God. Um, LimeWire. Yeah. And MySpace songs, crucial. They my, totally... my first ever MySpace song was Always by Blink-182. That is one of my favorite songs still, I think. <laughs> How does all this go? I know so much Blink-182. Come on, let me hold you, love you, kiss you, See, always. Uh, <laughs> or, oh, I, I did that the wrong. Emotion. Yeah. There's the emotion. Kiss always. you, taste you, all mine, always. <laughs> yeah. My emo high school boyfriend and I, that was our song. I know, I feel good. good. Thank you guys so great. much yeah, for joining for me. In thank us. you for having us. Thank you for letting us talk about pop punk music. Amazing. We hope you all love the playlist. <laughs> yeah, we're going to put I a lot of our heart into it. Oh, oh I'm so excited Sp- for the playlist. Self-conclusion might have to be the closing track. <laughs> oh, it, I think it was the closing track Closing and album. opening track. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think it'll be a good... Self-conclusion <laughs> is so bad. What a fucking title. Well, they also had that song, The Tide. Do you remember that one? Yes. It was about, like, three people, I think, at the beach, and just all talking about how they wanted to kill themselves. Maybe one already did. I don't remember. It was my favorite song for a long time. (laughs) You could say it was a favorite. You could say I was a fan. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, yeah, thank you so much, though. Bless you guys. This has been amazing. Thank you. I loved every moment. <laughs> uh, oh gosh. And thank you for listening to Sorry, Cheshire Cat. Until then. Bye. 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 Bye.